Hi, I'm Abigail, and welcome to the second season of the Live Passionately podcast. This season is going to be all about new learning, learning that can broaden our horizons, maybe make us a little uncomfortable, and teach us how to embrace change as a constant. I hold tightly to the concept of being a lifelong learner. Throughout my education, leading one career, changing my mind, pursuing my passion, and applying to grad school. Every process, every conversation, every experience can be approached through learning. Throughout this season, I have set up interviews with some amazing people, ready to teach you about nutrition, life coaching, digital marketing, travel, and a million other different themes, exaggeration intended. I'm glad you were here to join us today, and I hope you take a little something with you from this episode. On this episode of the Live Passionately podcast, I sat down with Asley Maslow, a branding coach and digital media expert. In our conversation, we talk a lot about using social media as a way to brand your company or for entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, or even small business owners and how it can really have an impact on your business and how your business grows. We talk about email lists and why email lists are actually more important than than the amount of followers that you have. And we also discuss what hashtags are, how to use them, how to know if hashtags are banned, and what the hell is going on with the Instagram algorithm. If you are a small business owner, an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, or maybe you just kind of want to know how to use social media as a way of branding or gaining a name, this is the episode for you. So without further ado, let me jump to our little chat that we had. Joining us today on the podcast is Asli Maslow, a branding coach and digital media expert. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So we're going to dive right into the conversation. And I'm really excited about today's conversation because I'm not much of a digital media expert myself. So I know there's going to be a lot of new learning. Awesome. So I want to dive in a little bit. It's a philosophical question, I guess, or more of a theory question. But as a branding coach and digital media expert, what is your philosophy or theory or attitude when it comes to the importance of social media for entrepreneurs and solopreneurs and business owners? I think now in 2020, it's so important. I know this is going to come out in 21 and I'm sure it's going to be the same thing then. Um, because especially since everything is so online and everything's not in person, I feel like your online presence is just so important. And if your competitors have an amazing online presence, even if you're 10 times more skilled and better at the job than they are, they're going to get further ahead just because of that presence. So if you're an entrepreneur, I think it's kind of required this day and age. Mm. How did your business grow uh, through social media? Like as an example, like using your your business as, as an example, what was that process? So my business has always been online. I've done some in-person speaking events, but all of my coaching and working with clients, with my agency, it's always been 
digital. So I've never like made this big shift from like in person to digital. It's always been digital, but I have taken a lot of clients that, especially ones that have products and are used to only selling in person, I have taken their stores online and they've seen a huge growth with so much less work once they have everything set up. So I know how much it can change someone's business if they're not yet online. So you, uh, your business, all like all businesses, your business started as an idea. Mm-hmm. How did it blossom? So how did it kind of go from an idea to where it is now and, and create what you're doing now? So I started when I was still full-time at a job doing their social media. One of their investors saw what I was doing uh, with their social media and asked me to do the same thing on the side with another company he was investing in. So that's really how I kind of got started. And then I was still at the full-time job, started doing some speaking on branding yourself and digital marketing. And then I realized that I could teach other people to do the same thing. Um, So I was still at that full-time job. I created an online course that teaches other people to um, either do digital marketing for themselves or for a company so that they could create their own side income. And then eventually I left that company that I was at and then I just took it as an opportunity to go full-time into my own business and um, haven't really looked back since. That's really great. I'm a really big, uh, I guess you could say I'm a really big person when it comes to kind of leaving one job or leaving one like career path and kind of shifting gears. That's what I did. And I, like you said, I absolutely have never looked back since. Mm -hmm. What was some of those challenges or what, what were some of your biggest challenges that you faced when you were doing this shift and when you started branding and creating your own business? I think kind of the hardest part was that most of the people around me had never done that or hadn't known anyone that had done that. So they didn't understand how you could make money online. And there was kind of a lot of concern, like, well, you can't like, you can't make money from posting on social media, Asley. Like, what are you thinking? Um, But I knew from what I had been doing that it was possible. So I think it's just like showing up and basically proving that it can be done because especially if your entire life you've worked at a nine to five and that's all you've ever known, then it just seems so foreign what I'm doing. So I think just the people around me, getting them on board with what I was doing. Hmm. I feel, and that's, I, I feel like that's always a challenge when I like family or friends or even like bosses that they see you as like one person. And then when you make this shift, it's like, oh, but you're not the person that I envisioned. Mm-hmm. What is yeah. this new thing? Yeah, when I, because um, I also have a philanthropic lifestyle brand. And when I was at one of the jobs that I was full-time at, I had, I had launched the brand. And as you know, it takes a while to build up anything. You can't just yeah. um, launch it and then 
be an overnight success. Like that's not reality. And they were very concerned and they're like, well, I guess you're like planning on leaving the company now. And I'm like, I literally just launched this. Like, <laughs> how would I do that? It reminds me when I wrote my first uh, book, when I wrote my first book, some people that I had worked with at my old job, they found out that I had wrote a book. And so mm-hmm. they were like, oh, well, you're leaving. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> like, it's not a, it's not a bestseller. It was my first book ever, like my first novel ever written. Give me, give me a few, you know, a few years for that hustle to yeah. really build it up. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to shift gears a little bit because I do have a question for you as a as a new learner, as I'm figuring all this social media stuff out. So the algorithm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> How do you advise people when dealing with the frustration of algorithm changes all the time? So the thing about the algorithm is it's doing what's best for people to stay on the platform the longest. So as long as you're creating content that encourages that behavior for people to stay on their platform the longest, then you're going to do well, no matter what algorithm changes there are. So it pretty much just gets smarter over time, but it's all around the core idea that all these social media platforms are based on people, companies pay them ad dollars. And the only way that that works is if people are on the platform to see the ads. So all they really want is people to be on the platform as long as possible. So if your content gets people to stay on it longer, engage either commenting with you or going back and forth with you or using any of their new features, then they're going to push you up in the algorithm. So I know a lot of people get concerned like, oh my gosh, all of a sudden my reach dropped. But if you're continuing to focus on what type of content your followers are going to want to see the most and engage with the most, then you're going to do well in the long run. I, I, I kind of vibe with that a little bit recently on my Instagram, I had uh, the reach had dropped, mm-hmm. but I kind of changed what content I was producing. And I was re- really focusing in on like that guiding content, like guiding people through self development and all the things that my brand's about. Mm-hmm. And even though I wasn't reaching as many people, I was getting more saves and more shares. And so it's, it's interesting to see that shift. Yeah. And that's a huge thing too, especially whenever you go in and switch what you're posting. But if you're switching because you're going down a new career path or wanting to attract a different audience, then of course, the people that were following you before might not be the same people that want to work with you based on what you're currently doing. So in my opinion, like, I don't really want those people there anyways, because they're never going to buy from me. So it, it, it's kind of like an ego hurt, like, oh, I got less views. But if you're now getting the views of the right people that are actually wanting to work with you, and that you can actually help, then it's actually a good thing. Exactly. And I noticed uh, same thing, well, a few months ago, when I 
really started focusing in on Instagram being like, okay, I have to buckle down and really write good content. Mm-hmm. I made more sales. Yep. <laughs> than I was doing before. So it's just, I, it's just nice to hear like as a confirmation of, oh, okay, like I'm on the right path now. <laughs> yeah. And I've worked with clients that have like a huge following, like 30,000 followers and they don't get one sale online. And oh, wow. it's, it's because they're not setting up their content in a way that converts people. And they're also not posting things that attract the person that's actually going to buy from them. So just because someone has like a thousand followers and someone else has 30,000 followers, that means nothing about their business. The person with less followers that are super engaged and have the right audience, they might be, they might have a way larger bank account than the 30,000 account. (laughs) How do hashtags play a role in so I know a lot of some of my listeners, you know, they don't I've had questions with, oh, Abby, you put so many hashtags or you some posts you have hashtags, some posts you don't because I'm still learning about hashtags. So how do hashtags either are they beneficial? Are they not kind of explain a little bit on the hashtag front what's going on? So hashtags are great to reach new audiences and you can when you post as long as you have a I believe a creator or a business account you can see how many people new people are accounts you've reached based on your hashtags um so it's really as long as you're using the right hashtags that it's going to be beneficial and also that you're not using any banned hashtags, because if you use banned hashtag, then no one's going to be able to see your post. So it's really about doing that research to make sure you're using the hashtags that your ideal client is also using and looking at. How do you know if a hashtag is banned or shadow banned? So when you're doing your research, basically what you're going to do is go into the Instagram search and Now you can do it on your computer, so it's a lot easier. Um, And you're just going to type in a hashtag. And if when you search it, it pulls up and it says something like, there's no post for this hashtag, then that hashtag's banned. Okay, so that's a very simple way. I was never sure. I'd always heard like, (laughs) shadow ban hashtags, don't use them. And I was like, but how do we know? Like, how do we know that they're banned? So there is this extra step, extra effort that we have to put in to make sure we're using the right hashtags. Yeah, because that was another thing with, a lot of people that have bigger accounts, they'll just blindly put in a ton of hashtags um, without realizing that one of the hashtags they're using is banned. But all these social media platforms, like they're not like out to get you or don't want you to succeed. Like they give you all the information that you really need. So Mm. yeah, you just have to do the extra step of making sure it's not banned. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have like looking at there's so many different social media platforms now? I mean, I guess there were, but now they're like really coming to light, or at least at least I have more social media accounts than I did. Mm-hmm. Which one would you say like you know, you have TikTok, you have Facebook, you have Instagram. If you had to separate them like is one really targeted more towards business, one more towards the social aspect? Like how would you categorize the different social media platforms? They all really depend. They're all divided by audiences. So 
TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, that's all a lot younger. If your audience that you're going after is older, Facebook would be better. Um, If you're wanting to sell directly to businesses, LinkedIn might be better. Um, So you really just have to think about who your ideal client is and where they hang out. A lot of times we will choose our platform based on our own preferences. Um, So say like, I love Instagram, so I'm just going to go all in on Instagram. But if that's not where my audience is hanging out at, then I'm pretty much wasting my time. Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, like I just I had just made a TikTok account just to see what all the fuss was about as we're sitting here in <laughs> quarantine. And uh, I, I find I use them for like I see my personality shift or my mindset shift. Like Instagram, I really look at as okay, business oriented, people I can contact for podcast interviews. Like I really target it there. And TikTok, it's more like that pleasurable laughing and every once in a while I'll come across one person who I'm like oh I might want to interview them for a podcast but then I go find their Instagram page yeah and that's a really good point to because a lot of times with marketing social media or newsletters or any of that we make it so complicated but if you just think about how you use different platforms and what you would react to and what you would like you can get a lot further because in reality, any cell that you make, like it's just another human. It's not this like crazy complicated thing. So if you're thinking about the this is the kind of content I'm attracted to on Instagram versus TikTok, like keep that in mind when you're going to create content as well. Mm, that's a really good point. I really had never thought of it until you had brought it up. That's a really good point. See, lots of new learning, mm. new learning happening today. <laughs> 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 uh, when it comes to email lists, because you had mentioned newsletters, and it reminded me of a, a question I did have about email lists, and kind of creating mm-hmm. the newsletter and having email subscribers. And how does that factor in as something I've heard it's important, like I've heard it's really important, I have an email list. But how does that factor in as something important? Or do you think it's important? I think an email list is way more important than social media. And that might sound crazy since I teach people about social media. <laughs> but <laughs> it's because, like you you mentioned earlier with the algorithms, like you just never know with social media. One day they could decide that they don't like something you posted and they ban your account or they suspend you or like when people had a ton of followers on Vine and then Vine just disappeared or when there was the concerns that TikTok wasn't going to be allowed in the United States anymore. So you just really have no control of that audience that you built up for so long. And then there's platforms like Facebook where the Facebook pages, people built them up over one or two years and they had this huge audience that they could reach. And then all of a sudden, Facebook switch to pay to play pretty much and to reach the audience that they had worked so hard to build up, they now have to pay to actually reach them. Whereas if you have either emails or now phone phone numbers for text messaging, mm-hmm. um, you're able to reach those people that you've worked so hard to build up. And there's no concern of there's going to be an algorithm change or they're going to disappear and I'm going to lose all the these people because even if 
they say they like mark you as spam or you get in the spam folder or something, you still at least have a way to contact them that unless they change their email or their phone number that no one can really take away. Yeah. And I I really like that. Like I find, well, I have found that building my email list took a little bit longer than building my followers on Instagram. Mm -hmm. But my email list, like I know they're going to, at least I know a few of them, you know, they open the emails, they click on the links, they look at the content. And so I find I'm getting more interaction on my email list subscribers, even if it's taking me longer to build that type of following. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, ideally, you're building your email list from a freebie that's related to what you sell. So you know those people are very interested in what you have to offer versus someone on social media. They might just have randomly followed you. Maybe they followed you for a contest. Maybe they think you're pretty. Like there's a lot of random reasons people could follow you. And it's not, it's a little bit more of a commitment to give someone their email. How do you feel about hosting giveaways on your Instagram page in order to gain a following? I think if it's done right, it can be good. And what I mean by done right is the price should be related to what you offer. Because if, say, I'm a branding coach, so the prize that I'm going to give is three one-on-one branding sessions, then I know the people that are entering that contest are all interested in help with branding. If the contest is a Chanel bag, then I'm just going to get a ton of random people that want a Chanel bag and they might not even have a business. So as long as you're doing it and making sure that you're attracting the right type of person, then I think it's good. I don't see the point of having a large following with a bunch of people that are never going to buy from you. Mm, That's a really good point. What would be your top three tips when it comes to using social media to grow your business? Um, I think one, definitely have everything pointing to a freebie to get them on that email list. Two would be to create content that is going to attract the person that would buy from you. And three would be to engage and respond to every comment, respond to every DM, actively reach out to people unless you're like Kim Kardashian or something, then (laughs) (laughs) be social, basically. I like that last point. I, at first, when I first started, I mean, now I'm talking when I was in college, but when Instagram first came out. I was like, oh, I'm going to build a following, but I never responded, <laughs> never responded to comments, never responded to, pri- you know, private messages or DMs. And, and then I would lose the following and I didn't understand. And then when I started my business, I really did my research and understanding, oh, people like that connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, and it, it creates a relationship with people versus a one way type thing. Yeah. And even like looking inward, when I comment on someone's post and they like my comment and comment back, mm-hmm. especially when it's someone who had like who I admire, 
you know, you have that feeling of like, oh, okay, that's exciting. Like they're a real person. They're engaging with me. Woohoo. Mm-hmm. And and it, it gives a feeling like, oh, they actually care about me. So if I buy something mm. from them, like I know it's going to be, it's going to help me because they actually care. So as we come to a close end of our little chat here, I always at the end of my podcast episodes do an off the top of your head questions. So I have five questions that you have to answer as quickly as possible. They don't have to be one word answers. They can be like short phrases, but Mm -hmm. the first thing that comes to your head. So if you have time for that, I would really love to do that. Yeah. All right. So question number one. What is passion? I think passion is doing what you love and what you can't stop thinking about. What does it mean to enjoy something? I think to enjoy something is being in the present moment and actually just being present and being happy. Oh, that's a good one. (laughs) Why are challenges important? I think challenges help you grow and they allow you to actually enjoy the moments that they bring you to. What does it mean to love yourself? I think to love yourself is to accept yourself for everything about you and basically just be accepting of who you actually are. And lastly, how can we live our best life? I think just doing whatever it is that you really want to do that you know will bring you joy and not basing it on what other people expect you to do or want you to do. Oh, I love that answer. That was a really good answer. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you very much for coming on the podcast today. I've learned so much just in the 25 minutes that we've chatted and I really appreciate you taking the time out to come teach me and teach our listeners a little bit about social media and branding and digital marketing. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Take care. You too. Wasn't that such an informative chat on how to kind of use social media, why social media is important, and kind of look and change our perspective and mindset when it comes to having this online presence, whether your business is online or not, why that online presence is so important. If you want to follow any of Asley's Instagrams, her podcast, or her websites, they'll all be in the description of this podcast episode. So just hit details and everything that you need will be right there. The Live Passionately podcast is an independent podcast hosted and produced by myself, Abigail, with royalty-free music, A Good Life, by Dark Fantasy Studios. I want to thank all of my listeners, subscribers, and followers. Remember to always live passionately.